You are listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast presents Welcome to the OC, bitch! With Ryan and Paige. I understand that like Seth and Summer are destined to be together, but if I were casting director... I would not cast Samari Armstrong against Rachel Bilson because Rachel Bilson loses in every aspect there. Maybe it's just because I got a thing for all girls. Uh, They're hot. Fuck, dude. I don't know what, like, honestly, watching Hackers in fifth grade fucked me up (laughs) because seeing Angelina Jolie with that fucking gothic Tinkerbell haircut and, and the, ugh. It just fucked me for the rest of my life, I think. Like, it set an intention. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like how, like, we're getting way off base here. But, yeah. like, seriously, though, Samaria Armstrong, too hot for this fucking planet. And Seth Cohen is a fucking idiot. Correct. We're not going for Anna Stern, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we will get into it. Hello, everybody. Hello. Well, Seth should get into it and should get into fucking Anna. God damn it. Welcome back. Hi. To I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Uh, welcome to the OC. Welcome to the OC. Uh, we are Ryan and Paige. Uh, we are roommates, sometimes friends, and big anti-romantics. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe I'm just a bitter realist. I've been single for almost five years. Ladies. <laughs> Y'all don't want this. You, if you're listening to this, you know you don't want this. Oh, well. We are recapping season one, episodes nine and ten. Uh, number nine is The Heights. Summer is secretly jealous of Seth's relationship with Anna. And number ten, The Perfect Couple, mm. Marissa and Ryan date and Summer denies her feelings for Seth. So we open with everyone having first day of school banter at the Cohen household. Yeah, yeah, now that all the summer shenanigans are over, it's time to actually really get into it. Both Marissa and Ryan don't like the first day of school because Marissa had a hell of a summer that everyone's talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, with all the family drama she went through and then, you know, almost dying in Mexico. So much fun. Yeah. I mean, I've almost died in Mexico, but like no one at my school knew about it. Well, and if you go to that Mexico, old chestnut, you go to Mexico and you don't almost die. Did you ever really go? Right. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, they say what happens in Tijuana stays in Tijuana, but apparently it didn't. Well, that's what Holly says anyway. Yeah. Ryan is just not looking forward to it because he's just too cool for school. Well, that and I think like he is very um, apprehensive because he's always either been in like public school or, you know, just one step away from juvenile hall. And like, right. you know, summer is a vastly different thing. You know, the freedom of like a summer break. And especially like getting to know like your new family from from Ryan's perspective, you know, but then you're getting thrust into, oh, shit, here's like you were just getting to a point where you're like, I might be okay with this life. And now we're going to throw in responsibility, expectations and academics. No, thank you. They make plans together for after school because Ryan does try to talk Marissa into just ditching the first day. She doesn't fall for it, but she is going to ditch on being this the chair. Yeah, for she's like the, the activities chair, and they're going to have some fucking back-to-school charity carnival because if they don't have a fucking weekly event in Newport, then what's the goddamn point? Society collapses at that Absolutely. point. Absolutely. So they both say... Like almost, I think twice each. It'll be something to look forward to. Yeah, no, she says it at first about uh, their, you know, meeting up after school. And then he says it again about something. It's just one of those cutesy callbacks when they're trying to really cement the fact that, you know, we want them to be a couple. <laughs> Let's write in all of the chemistry. The adults at the Cohen household are getting busy. <laughs> I mean, good for them. We yes. respect a healthy sexual relationship in a marriage. I'm like, I was 
50% awkward with seeing it because they're parents and 50% like they're not you your parents your who cares like I don't know there's just something about their relationship when there's a relationship that's too perfect I don't want to think about them having sex I that's a me thing that 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 sounds like uh something that needs to go on your next talk space appointment <laughs> wow talk space sponsor us <laughs> there there's there we don't have time to unpack all of that all of that <laughs> Things are going too well for them hooking up. So, of course, of course. both of their phones have to go off and they're yeah, busy Yeah, we need with to work. introduce the manufactured drama. Which means that someone who's writing it knows that it got too awkward for the audience. So, um, Anna is back. I'm so Thank excited. Thank fucking God. Bless her heart. A real person in the midst of all this superficial shit. Right? So, she says very, very smartly and correctly that Seth is just too available for Summer. Well, yeah, Seth, by his own admission, says that he, I'm nothing but available for that girl. I don't know what her problem is. And she's like, no, that is the problem. And it's true. It is the problem. And she needs to help him. So Anna is Again, going to help him I win Summer. I hate when women sometimes, like, because he talks about the game. It's a game. Like, it is a they game. They want to be chased by a man who isn't interested in them. It's like, are you fucking kidding? Like, why? Like, this is what, the seventh time I've brought this up on the show? <laughs> and we're only, like, however many episodes in. But, like, wh- what is the deal with all of the gamification of love and relationships and everything? And the fact that, like, this high school ass shit persists far into adulthood way past when you think it should have dropped off like it shouldn't even be there to begin with i think after college you have no excuses to be playing stupid love games but like the fact that like people in my peer group like people that are like working on their first divorce still do this shit it's garbage it sucks because i think that most people are just not comfortable with the fact that they have to show weakness and show emotion and so they hide that even through marriages nah communication man and if you're too communicative like seth cohen you still get screwed well yeah because then you just look like a giant open wound and nobody wants that but it's not even a wound he's exactly just but open that's and how you are perceived exactly. or maybe i'm projecting maybe i need to go on talk space maybe you do <laughs> sign up sandy goes to work and he is greeted with the fact that he has to go up against kirsten's dad Yeah, Caleb and his company are trying to acquire some wetlands that have uh, been in contention for decades. You know, just basically like something that should be a biological preserve uh, and they want to build fucking houses out there. Because, you know, as he says, God, there just aren't enough golf courses in Newport. Well, and he wants to take this on and he's very excited about it up until the point where he sees that it's Caleb's Mm -hmm. company. Yeah, which means he is essentially going head to head with his wife. That cannot, and he says it too. He's like, this is a conflict of interest. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised that like they let it go. But then again, it's TV. This is this is a soap opera. Well, I mean, his coworker Rachel is just like, oh no, they waived it, and I don't think they can do that. It's still a conflict of interest. I don't know law. I don't think that you can waive someone else's conflict of interest. Well, I think they can waive there on their end. And so that's the thing is then it puts the onus on the other person to be like, well, if they don't see a problem, I guess I can move forward or they can still recuse themselves in some way. Kirsten just got back into the good graces with her dad after all the debacle when Sandy tried to go to bat for her a few episodes back and they had the huge blow up where, you know, Caleb was going to just say like, hey, you know what? Resign. I'll expect your resignation in the morning type shit. Right. Right. And Sandy 
So like she just got back into that and she, you know, now you're going to like fucking you fought so hard to get back in your position then you're just going to step away from like the biggest fucking thing to come along for this company. So and then on Sandy's end, after all of Rachel's proselytizing about settling she finally right. says, hey, we have something that we can take to trial if we want to. This is what we hired you for. And this is right, right up your fucking alley, you hippie environmentalist surfer dude from <laughs> Brooklyn or whatever. Like Bronx. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> yes. anyone from the five boroughs would kick my ass for confusing them. And I totally get that. But um, they're both in a lose-lose situation in, yeah. in their respective no, totally. places. Because like if they take a step back then she's going to be seen as weak by her father. She's going to lose responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Sandy's going to be seen as weak by all the partners that believed in him. And Rachel's going to hate him because she went to bat for him. And now she's given him the opportunity for all the shit that he was trying to do earlier. He won't do it. So I understand why they both decided to move forward on their respective ends. I, I suppose. Meanwhile, Dean Kim uh, over at the Harbor School is having a meeting with Marissa because Marissa wants to step down. She doesn't want to... She tries to do the right thing and go talk to, to, handle the, to the head of the school. And Dean Kim thinks that Marissa's mental health is not near as important as being the social chair and deciding between funnel cakes and cotton candy. To be fair, Dean Kim does not make the best presentation out the gate because she definitely makes it about like, no, you said you're going to do the thing, do the thing. Also like, hey, it looks good on college applications that you were involved in all this and you're just going to not do this in your senior year. Like this is when you have to. But then also follows it up with, after Marissa says, after everything that happened this summer and blah, blah, blah. And like Dean Kim is like, hey, you're absolutely right. People are going to talk. So you might as well give them something good to talk about and so and like, i respect that uh, like i understand her being like you don't like the conversation that's happening because of what happened i totally get that but you have the power to change the conversation that is a very good a solid point but she did not come out of the gate no looking good with that oh you almost killed yourself well too bad honey try studying for your ap history exam that'll kill you that'll make you really want to kill yourself ryan is sad sad face because mm. marissa is chairing this event anna and seth are having fun together and he's just left all by himself so sandy suggests that he joins something like himself yeah you get an extracurricular seth says well you know what you should probably do something athletic like soccer ryan says i used to play soccer and they're like cool go do it and they're like go do soccer nobody seems to think about the fact that luke is the soccer captain and I telling him that the thing is 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 as great as Sandy and Seth are as characters and as and as open and caring as they are, they also have those moments of self-absorption where oh, they think yeah. they're helping. I mean And 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 that's the thing, is like they definitely came at it from the most positive aspect. But like of course they're not gonna think about Luke because Luke doesn't even enter into it for them. Luke's not yeah. a concern for them. He's a concern for Ryan, but he's not right. a concern for them. Yeah. They're I mean, shopping with their own mental wallets on this one. Um, speaking of Luke, he is very sorry about everything that happened. No, he's sorry he got caught. Correct. Fucking dick. Oh, and Holly's still talking shit. Did you hear she overdosed on Vicodin? Fucking cunt. Holly's the worst. Luke finds out Jimmy's address in some way. Here's the thing. I am fully convinced that he went to Marissa. Not Marissa. I'm sorry. Julie. Yes. That he went to Julie, Marissa's mom, mm -hmm. and got it because he's still a golden boy to her because they're both piece of shit manipulators. Jimmy 
serves it up though jimmy with the like the bde the big dad energy yes coming like, in very nice very polite but also but very also, much like don't make me say out loud that you were a big cheater on my daughter uh, and also like very stern yeah without ever raising his voice like he, right tate donovan did a good job in he that can, scene he, he he can get it oh you've always had it bad for tate ever since hercules uh, that's not true ever since love potion number nine woo! all the way back but you would go the distance for him hondo p uh, <laughs> a lot of yuses so Luke eventually corners Marissa at school and cries. He cries. He looks like he's having an allergic reaction more than anything else, but maybe that's just bad acting. And she says she doesn't love him. Like she's really like, you know, that would make more sense if uh, like, like I would probably still love you too if you hadn't cheated on me. And yeah, she brings up a good point. Like if I hadn't caught you, you wouldn't be telling me any of this anyway. Exactly. You would still be getting away with it. Like the only reason you're apologizing is because I fucking caught you. You're exactly. a piece of shit. The next day, he says, I'm sorry about the crying. I haven't cried like that since Macaulay Culkin died at the end of My Girl. And I'm like, he can't see without his glasses. <laughs> Not the bees. God. Uh, How dare Luke bring up the most traumatic part of whatever year that came out. I think that was like 92. Yeah. 93. Feels like a 92. I could not handle it. That I never cried at movies as a kid. And that one, I bawled. Fun sidebar. Anna Klumsky was a bit of a childhood crush, too. She's a cutie. Like that and like the Gold Diggers movie, the one about like her and Christina Ricci oh finding God. the treasure. Yes. And stuff like that. I don't know. Like I, I vibed with that tomboy energy that she had. She did have really good tomboy energy with really luscious lips. And then also, though, Christina Ricci still. Uh, to this day. Ugh, not fair. From the day of her birth until the day that she dies, she will be an adorable icon. <laughs> Ryan over here or over here is most of what he well, yeah, thinks. Well, because he comes in to meet her because they were planning after school to like talk about like hanging out. Right. And so he goes to meet her where she was going to have, uh, you know, after her meeting. But Luke got there first. And so he gets to see and hear a portion of it. But he leaves before she tells Luke off. Right. So he's of the mind that like, oh, fuck, they're going to get back together. And I've got no fucking role to play in this anymore. He big mad and tackles the crap out of Luke during soccer yes, practice. Yes, yeah, because Luke is on the team and is the team captain. Yeah, of course. Also, he is. practice that is uh, coached by the dad from Good Luck Charlie. <laughs> what a fun little character actor <laughs> reveal there! I was like, hey, it's him. It's that guy. Love him. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> this this tackle gets him into far too much trouble, in my opinion. He gets like sent to the office. I, in my opinion, I would have been like, oh. I'm sorry, it tripped. I don't know anything about soccer. I just know that they all whine and bitch and moan when they get hit and they go down on the ground and they fucking flail around. So like the fact that like it was it looked like it was a defensive drill. The whole point was to try and get the ball away from mm -hmm. someone else or to tackle them. And they didn't even film it well enough for me to see how he tripped him up and tackled him. Correct. It yes. looked like it looked like a, a regular a shit medium that you see bonk. in soccer. <laughs> yeah, it was a yellow card at most, yeah, you know, right. right. Uh, like whatever. But they take it. Too he says, far. knowing nothing about soccer. <laughs> you just got a double clutch. You other, know? other, other than the <laughs> fact that it's the most like physically demanding sport that one can take part in after mass genocide. If uh, Jesus Loki <laughs> is to be believed in dogma. <laughs> I forgot about that line. And so I was just like, God, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate it, but you just weren't on the, again, this is what's great about having co-hosts who are of completely two different minds. Yes, it's the best. 
Sandy and Ryan talk about the illegal tackle, the yellow card, if you will. And poor Sandy, shopping with his own wallet, thinks that Ryan's wallet is the same, empty unless someone else fills it. And he tells him that they are both always one fight away from losing it all. Well, and that's the thing. I think what he's trying to do is to tell Ryan, he's trying to tell him that like he cares about him. Like, and, and, and you see Ryan's yeah. reaction to it. Like he, he hears it as such, but like he, he's reminding them like, you can't, like, I understand why you did it. It's kind of shitty that you did it. And Luke probably had it coming, but you can't do shit like this. Right. You barely got in here by the skin of your teeth. And it's not that like, you're not smart enough. It's not that you can't do what's being done, but all eyes are on you right now because you're the fucking outsider. And you have to be held to a higher standard. Stop attracting the wrong kind of attention to yourself because we barely got to have you in this house and as a member of this family. But he's also talking about himself. A little bit, yeah, because he knows that like he's on thin ice already. Right, with this whole litigation with Kirsten. Because, yeah, he didn't tell her straight up. No. That he was going to be the lead prosecutor on this thing. He kind of he kind of buried the lead on that and was hoping to smooth it over after a business lunch. And nope, because Rachel went front page of, you know, whatever section that they print legal news in. And she had to find out that way. No, no, no. She didn't find out that way. Well, no, she, she found out from her dad. But then found, like, well, she yeah, she found out going to work. She wanted to keep it away from her dad. That's and then it right. Went out in the newspaper. They're on They're They're rocky, but mm-hmm. they're going to work it out. Anna clearly has a crush on seth oh seth you poor dumb muffin just go out with that adorable (laughs) fucking punk girl she wants it and she is perfect for you she's adorable so ryan notices and ryan's like what's going on what is what's with this yeah anna's like he doesn't he doesn't like me that way that's not what it is and he's like before that he talks to seth and it's just like hey man what are you what are you gonna do about the whole anna said she's like what she's just a friend he's like dude yeah yeah no come on but when anna and um but that's the thing is like anna has she she's kind of become her own worst enemy in that she is trying to help seth play hard to get for summer because this is what we were talking about the aggravating shit Mm -hmm. is that they want to be chased by someone who isn't interested and so anna does everything in her power to keep him away from summer and to notably be around him in front of Summer. Like, she steals him as a lab partner. And right. she, you know, is very, like, hangy on and very friendly and everything. And, like, good on her for working that out. But, like, if you got a crush on the dude, try... Like, I understand why she's doing it because she's hoping that he'll see how dumb Summer is for wanting all that shit. Right. I identify with her in this. She truly is like, no, he only sees me as a friend. And so I am not, there's no, there's no shot yeah, that's to what be she shot. Says to, that's what she says to Ryan. Yeah. And he Ryan approaches her. Yeah. And like when you said, she sees Ryan, summer, she sees lips and boobs and hair. And when he sees me, he just sees a lab part. And Ryan says, listen, Anna, guys want to be chased by girls who aren't interested. This in them. motherfucker, which, you know, is pretty fucking true. I find that in a lot of situations, if I'm not paying attention to that guy is when I get attention from that guy. I hate it. I hate that that is Maybe a true I'm an statement. exception to the rule, but like if you like me, just fucking tell me you like me. Like cut the foreplay and just get to it. Like and like I metaphorically speaking, of course. What I'm saying is like there is nothing wrong with being open and honest and I hate that we as a society have been shaped by shows like this and the way our parents did it and the way right. we see our friends do it and blah 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 to make it into this whole fucking like I'm too cool for you or no I don't like you or like oh he pulls your hair in the playground because he likes you shit 
Ugh, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't with that and whatever. So Anna tries her best to do that. She shoots her shot. She goes over to Seth and At the carnival she, because they're at the carnival him. now. Yeah. And she, yeah, she says, hey, Cohen, I got to tell you something real quick. Like, yeah. something very important I have to talk to you about. And she kisses him. And to be fair, I don't know that she knew that Summer was behind them looking at them. And so when Seth saw it, yeah. he was like, oh, this was part of the plan. And he even says, was this part of the plan? Because if it's part of the plan, I think it worked. Yeah, because Summer was in line getting the cotton candy at the carnival and saw that she mashed a good face on him she mm-hmm. they and he kissed her back too he was surprised at first but he went for it and mm-hmm. then he was like oh, uh, we sold it good right like it was good like right and you just and she see was, she was just crushed just the imperceptible like slumping of her entire frame and and the wilting in her eyes yeah she's too good of an actress for that show and she's given some horrendous dialogue and still makes it like good she's still adorable i mean maybe i'm crushing but like she is like (laughs) she deserves better and deserved a better career than what she had after the oc i think that's ryan shoots his shot as well hopping on the ferris wheel he's frightened of yeah with marissa to try and work it out yeah and and this is the whole thing is like even seth had like convinced ryan like you need to apologize and before this you know he actually does he runs into luke at the carnival and says hey man i'm sorry i was a dick yesterday like i shouldn't have done the thing and luke doesn't even say anything he just looks back he sees that summer and marissa are getting ready to go on the ferris wheel and he there's like this implicit choice he has he can go over to the girls and once again cock block ryan and be douchey luke or he can which is what he does is prove that maybe he is kind of learning a little bit and maybe growing a little bit after being a douche for so long and getting caught and called out on his shit by someone he claimed to love and he just steps to the side and wordlessly lets ryan pass there's not even the hint that they're gonna fight there's no tense music i thought it was actually one of the better ways of showing that without like having to explicitly be like, I guess you're an okay guy, sort of like bad right. dialogue sitch. Ryan jumps in there and before Summer can like block him from, you know, coming in because she has before when he tried to apologize to Marissa earlier in the day. She's like, um, we're walking somewhere. He gets on the Ferris wheel, which is a big deal because he has mentioned he does not like Ferris wheels specifically because of the heights. Hence the title of the episode. It's not just the development that Cal's trying to get. It's also Ryan's biggest fear. These motherfuckers really thought. (laughs) So they're on the Ferris wheel. They work it out. But Anna, ever the matchmaker, slips a tenor to the to the fucking guy operating the wheel says leave him up there for a bit they need to work this out right like she's still just in it for everyone's best interest except her own the poor fucking muffin right and they're stuck up there which also my greatest fear on a ferris wheel i have no problem with heights <laughs> i love roller coasters i love tall buildings and all that shit if i weren't so fat i would skydive i love shit like that but a ferris wheel being there in an open canopy and especially when it stops at the top and like it just starts rocking back and forth and all you have is like one bar in front of you that isn't even well secured and especially at like a fucking county ass fair like this like even he says he's like oh my god you couldn't shell out the big money for for a a good ferris wheel yeah you had to get the rickety one (laughs) all that equipment's made by the lowest bidder man like you are just one improperly screwed bolt away from a final destination three situation every fucking time because people die at the fair page maybe that's why I loved it so much as a teenager because I was depressed and I was like, this is exactly how I want to go out. 
But like shit like the zipper, I love the zipper because yeah. you're fully encased and you can spin that shit around to your heart's content and you yep. know that like you're not going anywhere. Like you're strapped in, you're in an entire cage. Mm-hmm. Even if it were to snap off and fall, you're not that high up and you're in, you know, you're basically in a giant roll cage. There right. is the at least enough of an illusion of safety to make you actually enjoy it in the carefree way that like carnival rides are meant to be enjoyed. Whereas on a Ferris wheel, even the one at Shields, like... <laughs> the one inside Shields. Which I've been on like a few times. Really? Well, yeah. No, no, no. Like I, I dated a girl with, uh, with a kid uh, back in the day, back in my dating days. Ended up actually having to kind of like do a sort of like day with the kid just based on the scheduling. Like her dad couldn't take her and... Her mom couldn't take her. And it's just like, hey, I have a day off. And I offered thinking that like she was gonna be like, oh, no, I've got like, you know, her grandma or something. She's like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You can take her. And I was like, oh, shit, I can. Okay, fuck. (laughs) And so. Oh, no. What do we do with you, kid? No, we did a whole day, man. We went and we walked around the marina and then we went inside Shields and we got yogurt and we rode the Ferris wheel and we went into a photo booth and got some pictures taken because she wanted to. Ew. And then we went, they re-released Finding Nemo in 3D. It was around that time. Yeah. It was like 2012-ish yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. So we went and saw that because she'd never, she'd only ever seen it on DVD. And I thought it'd be good to see it on the big screen. And she loved it. Just like talked like people. <laughs> well, like, they are people. They're I know, just, but like you just tiny. like, th- again, we're kind of getting distracted, but like... <laughs> As someone who hasn't really had a whole lot of experience with kids outside of like my own family, like younger cousins and shit like that, I wasn't prepared, you know, for this nine year old at the time to be so fucking articulate. Like, and I'd already, and I'd seen like hints of that and whatnot, but like her mom had kind of not in a bad way, kind of kept us at a distance because she had been hurt by other dudes before. And I totally get that. Right. So it was, again, it was a huge responsibility for me. Like that I felt like I was given where it's just like, oh, you're going to trust me with what was at the time her only child. Like, holy shit. But honestly, it was one of the best days ever. It was adorable. And like that kid just went to prom recently. And I was like, holy fuck. Wow. Baby growing up. That's so cute. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Ferris wheels. Fuck them. Ferris wheels. But first kisses on Ferris wheels. You know what? Pretty, Not bad. Pretty cute. Pretty great cute. Great way because he is like white knuckling it. He is closing yes. his eyes and like apologizing and basically praying to anyone who will listen that like this ride is over. But before it's over, I need you to know that I'm sorry about right. the way I've been handling everything. And the, I, I want you and I like you and 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 I want to make this work. And she's just so like she is gushing over him because she's he's cute. so scared. But he did this for her. Right. Big romantic gesture. Got on the Ferris wheel and faced his fears and was vulnerable, which is something Luke has never been. And even when he was trying to be right, it, it was, was too fake. little too late and even maybe a bit performative. Right. And so to have this guy who they didn't even had like a first date yet or anything, they've had one accidental kiss that shouldn't have happened, quote unquote, sort of shit, lay everything bare and, and completely drop any facade of masculinity because he is still looked at as the bad boy, you know, better character moments than this show deserves. One day you're going to come around. And you're going to be like, OK, I enjoyed this series <sighs> one day, maybe not this season, maybe not next season, but someday. <laughs> Just like Elsa getting on that plane. <laughs> maybe not today maybe not, not tomorrow. tomorrow but someday soon and for the rest of your life <laughs> so uh, so yeah she, so they have she their kisses first him real kiss on very there. sweet yeah super cute Wor- there are worse places that one could have their first kiss i guess my first like ever kiss was a fucking stage kiss 
No, but here's as the far thing. as like good first kisses go, it doesn't count. There's a great story behind that, but we'll say that for another time. I well, can I can tell you about mine. Yeah, go 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 go, please. That's what they really want to hear. No, that's not what they. Yeah, really hear. no one needs to hear another <laughs> white man talk about what he thinks romance is. Go. No, I do. That's, my best first kiss was a guy that I had been not knowingly dating, but had been dating. Because I really thought that we were just friends because like Anna, I very much, unless you're sticking your tongue down my throat, I don't think that you like me sexually and that's just the way that it is. You've mentioned this before that you're the kind of person that needs like an engraved invitation. I don't think that they're interested. I assume that everyone is uninterested in me romantically. You're shopping with your own mental wallet, Paige. Back off. (laughs) We just had a night where things were hitting a little bit differently, hitting right. We were at a bar. Eventually, I like turned my chair around so that I was facing him and not facing the bar. He mm. did the same. And gotta like the body language, you know, if her feet are pointed to you or whatever, it means she's interested type shit that you read on magazines and BuzzFeeds and whatnot. But anyway, I didn't think that I was flirting because, again, I thought that he and I were just friends. And I do this with friends too. I will do this with my girlfriends where if it's just me and my friend at a bar and we're talking eventually i will turn to her oh yeah i'm very much the of the mind of like you know if you're talking with someone show that you have interest yeah and yeah. Th- and that you they have your attention right like yeah so look them in the eye be facing right. them yeah i i don't understand people that can have disinterested conversations with you know they're watching the tv and they're just like not even looking at you and they're talking about deep shit. Like I see that in like movies <laughs> and in real life all the time. Though I feel like the only time when that's okay is if you're in a car. Because clearly if you're I mean, in a yes, car, you that have to pay attention to, to the road. Attention. You can't be yeah. like, you know, Paul Walker and Ava Mendez just looking at each other in Jesus too fast Christ. as they go down the road. But um, <laughs> he did the thing, didn't he? He did the thing. He did the thing. <laughs> I taught him that thing. But no, so so we're, you know, facing each other and we're having a conversation. And then he just leaned in and he kissed me. And my brain totally short-circuited. I was like, wait a second. You have to be refiled. There is paperwork in my head. You're in a different drawer now. What is going on? Holy shit. Holy shit. That very moment was the moment that everything changed between us. And it was just an electric moment. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... One of the two best mm. first kisses that I keep that on the back seen. pocket for another for another time. <laughs> so moving on to episode ten, Ryan and Marissa are getting a little freaky in his pool house. Yeah, because he still doesn't have a room in the house, which I'm pretty sure the size of that house they have a room for Ryan. But maybe I think that's part of the thing is like they're still allowing him in his own pace to yeah. like become part of the family proper. You right. Know? When, so the pool house is a little bit of uh, solitude and, and, and whatnot for him. You have to put the, the fish in in the in the water in its plastic baggie until the water is the same temperature so that you don't shock the fish. No, I understand. Like they he's out in the pool house to become acclimated and that's yeah, I get that. And also he is even though he's the same age as Seth, he very much is his own person and he's independent. Yeah, he and needs I some think, space. I think the Coens respect that. Yeah, I dig that. So So yeah, but they're 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 making out in the pool house. They're and, they're getting busy. Although um, they opened this episode with her like doing huffing some it. heavy breathing. 
she was huffing and puffing and i'm just like what are they this is network tv sir i thought his hand was gonna be in a different place when they did the reveal it turns out like he you know they were just making out with him on top of her but like the way she was breathing i was like whoa what you doing they went a little far with that that was a little gossip girl for my taste (laughs) well i mean hey josh schwartz what are you gonna do yeah save it for later joshy hey xoxo indeed yikes so kirsten kirsten does a quick ass knock and enter which i have that's the mom thing my mom was the same way here's the thing if i have my own pool house i'm locking the door first off especially if a girl is in there with me secondly or a boy you know whatever secondly like you cannot as a authority figure not give them their space i was i was so pissed off at this to be fair, she does say she apologizes immediately, and then as Marissa leaves, she says, "We never, we don't, we never had this problem with Seth." I know. <laughs> Great laugh line, but also I think kind of like explains why she felt it was okay because she and Seth, their relationship as mother and son, right, has been sort of like, yeah, he's not going to bring a girl home without telling me or this, that, and the other thing, and of course he's not doing anything in his room other than reading comics. So yeah, she'll knock to announce that she's coming in and then open the door. My mom did the exact same thing; like mm-hmm. she would knock to announce that she's coming in and then just open the door. What if you're masturbating? Um, you never do that during daylight hours. You never you do. Don't. No, not okay. if you live at home with your parents. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, if, if you're, if, you never even do it when your mom is home. You just make sure if it, and if she is, she better be fucking asleep with her fucking CPAP machine on full blast. I feel like no, somebody has taken this this risk. It is a calculated risk, but you right. don't do it like on the regular. No, God huh. no. Cinema would have me believe otherwise. If anybody else uh, has done this in the dead of daytime, please email us at I couldn't help a podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Tell us your story. We'll read it on air. Yeah. We'll leave your name out of it or we'll put your name into it with all your social media, whatever you want, man. Yeah. I want to hear it. But like, I think that also kind of speaks to like how Kirsten is viewing Ryan a little bit more as part of the family because yes. she is treating him in the same way that she treats Seth. But like, yeah, no, my mom, she never assumed that I would ever be doing anything. So, fun story, real quick. Yeah. This is a great sidebar to use some legal terminology, which we there's more of in this episode. My mom, uh, when my brother was like 18, a senior in high school, had a serious girlfriend and everything. They had come home uh, from a post, like a Sunday afternoon Costco run. He grabs something out of one of the bags and immediately runs into his room with it. Oh. And I'm like... What's that about? Because like, you know, I What you doing with that cucumber, buddy? <laughs> ha ha ha. But like, you know, I was 20. I was still living at home, um, you know, going to college because that was the deal I was allowed to. I say, what, what's that about? And she goes, well, don't tell him I told you this. But he and insert girl's name here have been getting kind of serious and got him a pack of coffee because i'd rather they be how progressive i'd rather you do it in the house (laughs) again a i was taken aback because like mom well like again it's the shit where like the firstborn never gets the privileges that the that any of the kids afterwards get oh yeah like you're always the fuck up you are the template that everyone else is compared against and so my brother had so much leniency in the life that he could live that i did not being two and a half years older than him. Like even that little gap. Like you, we talked about it. You have like seven years on your sister. Yes, seven years and she absolutely got away with murder, but I wasn't there to see most of it. So So that's the thing is like us being so close in age, you get to see a lot of that and it it has an effect on you. So he runs off with his pack condoms. I was like, oh, where's mine? And she goes, what for? Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that was stone cold. Mom was a fucking savage. Yeah. <laughs> like she's like, why you're not doing anything? You don't have anyone. What do I care? Like. <laughs> so like in in the same way, it's like we don't have we never had this problem with Seth. Right. Like, I get it. Oh my god. I kind of get it. Yeah, similar sidebar uh, recently. And again, this is one of those conversations I should be having with my talk space therapist <laughs> and not my podcast audience. But here we are. Uh, Neil, you're getting so much info today. <laughs> you are welcome. I was pressed the other day because one of my cousins got let go. She's amazing. She's a brilliant, brilliant person. I love her so much. They let her go? They let her go. It was really upsetting, obviously, due to the pandemic. She posted on Facebook where she's just like, hey, everybody, you know, I'm disappointed to report that I no longer work for this company. And my mom commented on the post and said they're losing a great employee. When I got let go. Right. Where was she? My mom said, what did you do? What is it with like moms that like they will go to bat for anyone that isn't you? I'm so glad that I never, ever have to be a mom. Julie shows up at Jimmy's place, says that she's very sorry. She does. She didn't mean any of that, and she's feeling real bad. And she is gonna throw a fundraiser for the children's hospital for the children. And she would love for them to come as a family. And this is absolutely—it's a great, you know—it's it's, gonna bring them back together yeah. as a family. It's not just because it's a photo op and a way for her to fucking yeah. And that's the thing is, it, it is very quickly revealed. This is being hosted on Cal's fucking yacht. And Kirsten sees Julie having a, a a little like midday meeting with her dad at the office discussing, hey, your father just saved, you know, my, Chase, my the charity children's thing. children's possible and, fundraiser. And she says, you realize you've now become a co-sponsor of her fucking comeback tour. Congratulations. Right. And she, because little, as soon as she showed up at Jimmy's, I was like, oh, no, she's not here for anything good. She, and little did Kirsten know that comeback had a completely different meaning than what ooh, she intended. Look at you. <laughs> Julie is absolutely banging Uh, Caleb Nichols. Oh, yeah. No. But but she's playing a game right now. She's going to invite Ryan as Marissa's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And Ryan hearing the word boyfriend, man, you saw his soul get up out of his body and run away like a cartoon character. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, because if you haven't, like, they haven't even had, like, as he says, they haven't even had, like, their first date date yet. Right. And he's never been on one. No, no. He's he's had a lot of hookups. He's he As was, he said, he's like, you know, the normally I'm either climbing we, back into the front seat or climbing out a window. So Right. <laughs> Which was such a great line. <laughs> but like and Seth still, to his credit, is completely in awe of the life Ryan has led. Right. When he's asking him about like all his experience with girls. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, How many? Like, how many times have you done it? And he's like, well, with, just like the same girl? The he's same like, would there have been multiple girls? girls? Yeah. And he's like, His well, how many? And like, Ryan takes a moment to just try and think. And Seth just sees him. The fact that he's counting in his head and not on his fingers blows Seth's mind. Yeah. And he's like, I need to go sit down. <laughs> this poor kid. If they reboot this series, I really want Ryan to encounter one of those girls who have given birth to his child. And now he has to co-parent. That's, that's the reboot. I want to see if they're going to reboot this at all. You're always wanting the elder millennial version of shit. Like yes. you want your elder millennial. Are you the one where Listen. it's like, let's get a bunch of 30 to 40 somethings and put them on a fucking Island. See, instead of uh, I want my MTV, it's I want my childhood back. <laughs> 
also, uh, the Coens have a litigation and it gets real ugly. Yeah. So they go because this is the thing is like, this is potentially the area where they could settle everything yes. about this, this wetlands development. And again, as we've heard, like, sometimes you got to settle. Yep. And so they're at arbitration or whatever it is right now. The the uh, Not arbitration, but like they're at this settlement hearing. Yeah. Litigation, it's, maybe? It, no, no. It's not It's not in a courtroom or anything. It, it's being held off it's, site. Yeah. So leading it's not, it's leading not, the witness, something, one no. of those terms. Beavering the witness, badgering the witness. Badger. That's a joke. It was from Ted, too. <laughs> Beavering the witness. They're at this um, settlement hearing, uh, hopefully... To make it so that there's a certain dollar amount that they can pay Caleb to get him to not move forward with the development in the wetlands. And Cal's already kind of laying into them because the woman's doing all the talking on the prosecution side. Rachel right. is making a lot of good points and Sandy's just sitting there. He's not saying anything and he he does that whole shit that you see where they, you know, give me a number. And he just writes it on a pad and just slides it over. They do that shit. Right. Like they're trying to buy a car or something. Yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> I hate that tactic of anything <laughs> of writing something down and shoving it to them because that is such a chicken shit way of doing something I, and I hate it. Yeah. And I wonder if it's like born out of like, maybe it's just so it's too gauche in high society to talk about the high dollar value we're assigning to something. I literally will show off our money in every other aspect of our life, but we're not going to mention it in a place where it can be recorded for a deposition. The only time when um, that has happened to me. Wait, where, someone did that shit? Where somebody wrote something down on a piece of paper and slid it Here's across the table operating. to me <sighs> was when I was attempting to buy a car. I had test driven that car. That car was clunky. It sounded clunky. Mm -hmm. And so I said to him, I'm like, I'm not comfortable buying this car. And he says, well, what would it get you to buy this car? And I said, if the car costs $500, that's what I would give you. That's what I'm saying. And so he goes, well, wait here. And he leaves. He comes back. He writes down a number on a slip of paper and he slides it across the desk to me like it was a note that was like, you want to go problem with me? Yes, no. Really? You're offering this? Are you, look, if you just want to fuck me, just say you want to fuck me. No. Because like, you're fucking me with this this offer here. Yeah, And he says, does like a nod, like, look at the paper. I look at it and it says something like 550. And I'm like, what the fuck does that is that supposed to mean? Do you want to use your words like an adult or what? Yeah. And he says, that's how much it would be. And I'm like, for the whole car? And he's like, he's, no, a month. And Fuck I, you. Yeah. And I said, so I'm supposed to pay over $500 a month for that piece of shit car that's going to break down a block away from here? Go fuck yourself. And he was like, well, that's all that I'm authorized to offer. And I'm like, well, I feel really sorry for you because your kids aren't going to eat tonight. And I left. And that's basically kind of what Caleb does to Sandy's offer because he yes. looks down at it and he says, well, we're done here. Buttons his jacket, stands up. He's like, we're leaving. Then, and then when he just Sandy. dirty laundry. When Woo! Sandy is just like, where are you going? This is more than acceptable. Just says, you guys have been. Kiki tells me you guys have been working together until 2 a.m. most nights. And this is the best you can come up with. What are you really doing? Right. Woo. Mother fuck you. Just basically insinuates that they're having an affair in and a legal proceeding. Nuts. Nuts. And of course, Kirsten is, is mortified so, and so pissed. mortified and pissed off. And, but this also, Sandy gets upset. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Like, this is all you do. You keep trying to throw your fucking dick around and power and blah, blah, blah. And like, you think your money's going to save you. I'll see your fucking ass in court. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, he fucking down. get him, buddy. Yeah. He threw down, which I was proud of. And then for. Caleb is just like, I think I hit a nerve. Ha ha ha. He thinks he's so fucking slick. And Kirsten is so pissed. Caleb is so one of those like old guard, like yeah, he's old money. Draper shit going on. Oh, with yeah. This guy. He is like 
grown up, like not grown up, but like the older, douchier version of Roger Sterling, if you're going with that madman analogy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I got my money and I have my women and fuck you. Except for Roger Sterling is charming. And he's very uh, much not. He's there you just go. Yeah, he's Roger jerk. Sterling without the charm. Yep, exactly. Ugh, Ugh. Don't like that. Uh, Ryan says to Seth, sometimes I think you talk just to make sounds. <laughs> yeah. And I think I love that because I've wanted to say that to so many people. She and- says, staring me dead in the fucking eyes. <laughs> and mostly you. <laughs> because they have talked about nonverbal communication. Like- yes. Yeah. Like, that, like Ryan has got it down. He's the patented, like, he can say everything with just a single look. Right. And Seth's like, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and he does. He does it. And he's like, yeah, that. So how much so that it? even Kirsten, when they have their little awkward family dinner in this episode, has Ooh. learned from Ryan. Yeah. Every, she, everybody's got the looks. Yeah. Because this is taking a toll on their Family marriage. dynamics. And yeah. family dynamics. Because everyone is having their adversarial shit. And poor Seth, he just, how was your day? No? Yeah. Nothing? Okay. No? Okay. I guess we're just going to sit here quietly and eat then. But you know what? It's time for a yacht party. Yes, because Cal agreed to have uh, Julie's little fundraiser on his yacht when someone else pulled out. Right. I think it was Luke's family that pulled out, actually. Makes sense. Which, he's, he's not He's not banging her daughter which, anymore. Yeah, which it's not a good method, but whatever. You do you. Ah. Uh, so many pull-out jokes in my head that I wasn't going to say because I didn't want to be that guy. And, and, and then the I got to be that, that guy. did one, <laughs> so beneath you. Was it better? Was mine No, 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 no. I just, I just thought that like you would allow me to be the dumb one. <laughs> yeah, well, when you don't pick it up, I'm going to have to throw it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So they're on the yacht, and this is after Ryan has seen Cal showing up. At Julie's door. And Julie knows Ryan saw from the balcony because she gave him the fucking daggers. As soon as Cal walked in the door, she looked up and she's like, ooh, motherfucker. Yes. And so she kind of He's so trustworthy as they meet up with the family, which, oh my gosh, bonus Caitlin. Caitlin shows up. Caitlin's here and played by a different actress and it's fucking Shailene Woodley. Because of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? (laughs) She just pops up. She has two scenes. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. I'm not trusting. Yeah. Caitlin doesn't like new people. Right. Like she hasn't met him before. So she is living with Julie alone. She's very much Julie's daughter. Influenced. Yeah. So I'm going to give her a pass on this one. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, you know, come in and let's take a picture for for the paper and the 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 society pages and whatnot you know we look like a nice loving family and right. like bring it in yeah awful she even tries to get ryan involved and he's like nah no thanks dude i'm good this is yep. a family affair meanwhile back at the law office rachel after stretching like a cat during yeah, all in of her this sleeveless like cropped fucking t-shirt workout shirt and her and low her rider jeans low rise cargo pants yeah just which again a fucking mood like great great style not the style you wear at the law office i don't care how late you're working i mean it's a saturday and yeah. so i suppose you can dress how you want but also don't dress like that yeah but she knows what she's doing she knows what she's doing because she's got all the stuff spread on the floor and like sandy's yep. working in a in a separate office and he comes in and asks her questions. She's like, come down here with me. Come, come join us with gravity. And she entice- she's like, everything makes more sense on the floor. Right. Like she's got her whole murder wall right. of fucking legal stuff on the floor there. You know, we've got pad tie on the floor. Just come on down right. here. And so he's- and, I, and he's a man after my own Jewish heart. He's like, is there dumplings? Okay. I'm a sucker for dumplings. Okay, I'm staying. Fuck. <laughs> like, that's we've it. All been, that's like, it. I'm I in. think that's, that's all of us, you know. 
pot stickers, I'll stick around. There's there's always a holdover food where you're like, oh, oh, you're having popcorn? <laughs> okay. Well, now Wait, I'm in it. You mean I could sit here close to you and get kernels stuck in my teeth? I'm in. This is it. We've reached peak friendship. <laughs> so they're down there and they're, you know, talking and whatnot. And she reaches over to get something and like arches her fucking back. Her butt crack is almost coming out of it's her fucking absolutely pants. Absolutely coming out of her pants. And he clocks it. Of course he does. He's and not then, dead. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, uh, I actually think it's over here. And like he reaches across her and then she's like, oh, it's like we're playing Twister. Yeah. And she's like, Twister always got me into trouble. So much trouble in college. He's like, I bet it did. And then they have a kind of um, like that pre-argument moment almost where he's talking about like how this is like fucking with his life and his marriage. And like, and and she says, well, yeah, Cal brought that up. uh, Insinuate that we're having an affair. And basically says like, if they're going to say it, she goes all Bonnie Raid on him and says, let's give him something to talk about then. And try, she crawls on her hands and knees towards him across all of their hard work on the floor. And again, this is one of those things where she comes 90 but he doesn't come 10 because nope. Sandy, he knows what's he's a, up. He's, he's a, a down dude. for you man and he loves his wife. Doesn't matter that they haven't been having sex, which is another through line in this whole thing is that this is fucked up uh, what has apparently been an okay sex life that they've had up until now. Meanwhile, back and he's he basically ends it with saying, I have a party to get to. Yeah, I got to like, get I'm, to the yacht. But I he, have a boat to catch. And he gives her this look of like, Ugh, I expected better out of you. He gives her the dad look, the mm-hmm. disappointed dad look. I was like, you fucking tell her, Sandy. Right. So back on the yacht. Uh, <laughs> Julie approaches Ryan at the bar and says, you fuck this up for me. I'll kill you. Yeah. Which he says, you fucked it up for yourself. Yeah, bitch. Then, it's not in my hands. Yeah. Tells Marissa. Meanwhile, though, Anna and Seth are <sighs> making petty remarks about the other party goers. Because, and that is peak oh, yeah. friendship. I love doing that shit. But also this was, again, carrying over from the last episode, kind of part of the whole like, let's make Summer jealous thing. Because this is something that we haven't really talked about is that Seth will not shut up about Summer. Right. Every character points it out. That's why Ryan's like, I think you just make, you talk just to make sound. And Anna very much is like, we're not friends anymore because I don't want to hear about Summer. And so he, Maya Coppola's. Yeah. Has a great moment where he's like, I thought we just shared our thoughts. She's like, yeah. And now you're finally getting a chance to hear mine. Mic drop, Anna. They're having fun on the yacht together. Doing their thing. To her credit, Summer's like, well, fine. I'm going to take this guy and just grab some random tall dude shroom dude who shows up booming off his fucking ass yes this guy what a guy <laughs> but like yeah so but it's also part of anna's plan because she's still going with the ryan offensive of just like maybe 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 there's can. something there with cohen and she goes 90 and he seth freaks out yeah. and goes 10 he doesn't come 10 he's just like i'm gonna go get some mountain dew right because that's what's gonna calm me down more caffeine right so he takes off this poor fucking muffin out of nowhere just lip locks more yep. lip service yep and then she pulls away and there's this look on her face and she does it again and Seth is still just like gobsmacked by all this, as he should be, because right. like summer is so hot and cold. And then she's like, oh, my God, and sits down. He's like, what's wrong? She's like, I like Seth Cohen. Yucky. <laughs> like she had to kiss him twice and realize that she enjoyed it to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I am like, Twitter painted. God damn it. <laughs> she's like, I like Seth Cohen. And he goes, excuse me. And she's like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not having this conversation with you. I'm having this, this is my own moment. Me. You just happen to be here. We'll deal with this later, right? And she's like, "You tell anybody about this." I swear Again, to yeah, God, you I'll fuck kill this you. up. I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. 
and even gives him like a little like you know i kill you oh yeah she does signal. the whole like i'm looking at you with like you know the eyes and then draws her thumb across her throat does the whole thing and so he doesn't tell anna they leave and he they keeps leave his to go see shut. pirates of the caribbean apparently maybe because he goes have you seen pirates of the caribbean <laughs> they just walk off i think he probably uh he probably said that just because they were on a boat it's still like 2003 like it's summer 2003 when this came out so yeah that was the movie that came out at that time maybe maybe they went to go see a movie who's to say the imax experience not that it was playing in imax at the time but right but marissa now knowing about her mom uh-huh because that's the thing is she confronts ryan and she's like, why can't you just be happy for me? Like, my family's... Because she's on cloud nine. She thinks Jimmy and her mom are getting back together. She thinks she's going to get to move back into her house. And hey, she'll be next door to her new boyfriend. He's like, I'm your boyfriend. She's like, da, da, da. Like, just be happy for me. Right. And he's like, I can't. And because she... I know. And that's the thing. He's like, for a moment, she's like, what the fuck? Like, she's mad. And he's like, no, your mom is fucking Cal. Right. I can't hide this from you because I'm not that guy. And right. you deserve to know. And like... This is all a big fucking show. Right. Like you're you might be my step aunt. <laughs> like and it's just a little weird right now. Sorry. But like you deserve to know. And so Marissa does um what the female equivalent of the Ryan thing is, oh, which she is pulls an Atwood. burns it down. She blows it up because now it's time to reveal the raffle winner of this this charity thing, which here's the thing. They only raised two hundred thousand dollars right. for the children's hospital wing that they're trying to build. The highest of high society could raise $200,000. You guys gave away chump change. You're all fucking assholes. Fuck you. This is what I have a problem with in general with fundraisers is they usually cost more than they would if they just ask the person who's hosting it and shelling out all the money for it to just donate the money. So Marissa gets the microphone and says, you know who really deserves this, this romantic, romantic getaway, getaway um, that is the prize is my mom and Caleb Nichols. Aren't they just the cutest couple? Blech. And then drops the mic yeah. and walks out. And Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. He has a moment, but like also, like he looks sad, but also I think he kind of gets a bit of relief out of it. He does. Because she comes to him, she's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, what are you sorry? You're fucking his problem now. And then it turns out that Kirsten and Sandy won the getaway. <laughs> been at each other's throats for two episodes and he and shows they get up. to have a romantic getaway yeah, he shows up and she's like we're out of here he's like but i put on a jacket <laughs> <laughs> i got all dolled up <laughs> if that's not the ultimate like old jewish man complaint he's just like i had to put on pants for this and we're not here <laughs> what is this <laughs> i got all dressed up for nothing why marissa decides that she's ready to have a first date with ryan which yeah. just includes going back to his place yeah and maybe having sex well and that's the thing also is like seth kind of like threw ryan under the bus telling marissa is like oh yeah we were just talking like he's got this great big first date plan for you and which gets superseded by the yacht thing mm -hmm. so luckily ryan's feet are pulled you know out of the frying pan but put directly into the fire yes for this shit because like Oops. yeah he doesn't have to plan a big date that was like promised to her but now he has to fucking deal with her mom and all this shit and then yeah they just end up back at the pool house and she goes you know what best date ever i got to stand up to my fucking mom i got to embarrass her in front of society and i still get to go home with this cute fucking guy right and be here because i want to be here not mm -hmm. because i feel like i'm being forced to be here by my mom or anyone else in society that thinks i should be with luke or blah 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 yeah she says i don't want this night to end and he's like well you know you it doesn't stay have here to. you can stay here and he and then of course she takes she gives him a look and he's like and no, he no, backpedals like a mofo we he's just, just like we could just sleep we could just fall asleep together well you know i don't know that i've ever just slept with somebody and he's like bish me too the fuck and, and so and they just have a nice little kiss he's like well good night turns yeah. off the light and then she climbs on top 
I thought you just wanted to sleep. She's like, well, maybe I'm feeling a different kind of way. <laughs> so maybe they have sex little, and maybe they don't. Little boom boom in the pool room. <laughs> there there have been those moments when you just kind of like are with a girl and like you're not quite sure what the sitch is, but like you're cuddled up and you've been hanging out together and you just kind of end up falling asleep. Yeah. And I almost sometimes, I really kind of like those moments. Okay. I miss those moments. I do sometimes. Okay. But also part of the problem is I snore like a fucking freight train. I saw logs. Like, I'm pretty sure I have fucking apnea or something. Like, you have even said from across the fucking apartment, mm-hmm. you can hear me sometimes. And then when you can't, you're like, oh, my God, did he die? Did he stop breathing? Is this fucking it? And you almost want to just come bursting in and be like, are you all right? Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's actually legitimately happened. If I just happen to be awake at like four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> which happens far too often. More often than you'd like. I will just be, you know, scrolling on my phone, whatever. And that will just be a constant sound for me. So it's almost like white noise. It's It, it does sound like white noise from my, from my bedroom. Uh-huh. And, then, and so that's when it But the when thing it, when is, it when it stops, you're like... Okay, it's gonna. It, he's gonna start again in a second. He's gonna like move around, or he's gonna. Ju- Holy shit, he's not going. And I have left the comfort of my room. I have bolted across this very apartment to your door and had my hand on the knob, almost turned it before you started snoring again. And I went, oh, okay, he's fine. He's fine. But that's the thing is like, do I snore? all the fucking time and that's just how i breathe in my sleep or is it maybe that i just had turned into a position where i i could breathe without snoring i think that because like i think that there is a specific period of time where you are at peak snoring mm-hmm. and that is when i can hear it even like my most recent ex-girlfriend which i say recent but like i've been single for almost five years now but like even my most recent ex-girlfriend there are times like she would like elbow me like babe turn the fuck over you're doing it again if they want to follow you and all of your adventures ryan where can they do that yeah if you're looking to find out how much i snore uh find me at mad Ryantist on most socials and you can follow me on twitter tiktok at page reno land if you want to follow us as a podcast uh, we are at I couldn't help but podcast at gmail.com and we are can't help but pod on all of the rest of the socials. So reach out to us. Please let us know if you're listening or not. It's always nice to hear. And if you really, really want to do us a super big favor, it would be awesome if you could rate us on Google Play or on Apple Podcasts now. My bad. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so until next time, we will talk to you guys later. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Yay.